We thank you for the things that you have done in Jesus. We thank you that you've given us a law that is beautiful, that convicts our hearts to show us that we are not as, as we think we are. We, are. we are far worse and you require of us far more than, than we'd imagine. And, and yet you've given us everything that we need in Jesus. And so Father, I ask that we would go with great joy. We thank you for your gospel. We thank you that you have done what we cannot. You've given us grace and you have fulfilled these commandments that we may live long in the land that you've given us. That we will be with you for joy and for all eternity. And so, hear now your benediction. May your speech be filled with the strength of the Spirit. May your faith rest in the power of God. May you resolve to know nothing but one message and have nothing but one purpose to live to reach all people with nothing but Jesus. Because that's all that they need. That's all that we need. Nothing but Jesus. Amen? Amen. Kids, that's what we're calling it these, these days. You can head off to reach kids and uh, enjoy yourselves. Party time. Party time. All right. Good morning, Reach Church. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So, uh, Randy took all my introductions, so here we go. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, so, we've been walking through the Ten Commandments, seeing how the Ten Commandments are turned into promises through Jesus. Now, we've finished uh, the first four commandments. And if we compare the first four to the, to the last six, we see that there's a, a clear division here. That the first more, four are, are big commandments. Uh, as we've seen, they're, they're kind of overarching. They deal with our relationship between, uh, before God. They have to do with, with big things like our purpose, why we exist, how we worship him, the spirit with which we worship, with joy and with, with thankfulness to God. And it makes sense that, that the commandments of God would be kind of big and hard to wrap our minds around. That's how God is. God is incomprehensible. He is transcendent. He is far above us that we can't nail him down easily. And so his commandments are are overarching and they're broad and, and difficult. All right, but that doesn't exhaust our knowledge of God. That God is also, he's also simple. And he is present with us. He is imminent. He's close. He's practical. And so, we want to make sure that these four commandments are balanced out by the sixth. That we have, okay, we're called to honor God, but we're also called to, to honor our parents. That the six kind of flesh out the four and show us how we might actually do this. They're tests to see if we're actually doing this. We can deceive ourselves and think that, yeah, I'm honoring God. I'm putting him first. I'm glorifying his name. But if we're not doing the actual tangible practical things, then we're probably wrong about that. That the practical, it fills out the kind of more ethereal, difficult to manage. And so today we're looking at the fourth commandment, Honor your father and mother. And that's where we, we kind of take back this kind of vague commandment to just honor God generally and apply it really specifically and pointedly and in a way that challenges us deeply to honor our parents. Now for many of us, that's a very difficult thing to do. The relationship with our parents is a very unique one and often a very difficult one. And so I want to look at this commandment um, from a couple different perspectives. So first, just the simple meaning of this commandment. 
what do the words say when it talks specifically about parents and, and children? Then I want to look at the, the broader meaning of this, this passage, the broader meaning of this commandment, what it's calling all of us to in a larger sense. And then third, third there's going to be four points. You guys are, are toast. Um, <laughs> the deeper meaning. Why do we care about this? Why does God care about this? Why is this included as one of the Ten Commandments? And then finally, what does it mean in, in terms of Jesus? How does Jesus change how we think about it? All right. So, simple, broader, deeper, and the Jesus. All right. Sounds good? All right. Pray with me. Father, we ask that you would use your word um, to speak to us. We thank you that you speak to us in your word. We thank you that you are practical and, and come down to our level and Father, we thank you that you challenge us with your commandments that we may see that our hearts are not right with you, that we need your intervention, we need your help, we need your salvation. And so, Father, would you convict us? But would we be convicted that we may repent and see Jesus? And, Father, we have great joy in him. We pray this in his name, in his name alone. Amen. All right, so, Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. All right. Simple meaning first. Simple meaning first. All right. The simple meaning, just look at what the words say. All right. Honor your father and your mother. All right, when most of you see that, you don't actually see the word honor at all. You see the word obey. That's how most of us think about this. Obey your father and your mother. Now, that's part of it. That's part of it. But that's not what it says. It says honor. We're going to make sure that we don't convolute the two. We don't blend the two together. That to honor is actually a much larger commandment. It calls us to something bigger. To honor someone is, is very close to actually when we talked about to glorify when we were called to glorify the, the name of God, as we saw a few weeks ago. We are to honor our parents. We're to value them. To value the fact that they are our authority. To value their insights. To value the rules that they give us. And to do things that communicate their value. To help other people see the value that we place on our parents. Our love for them. The fact that we, we appreciate them. That we need them. So, can you honor someone you are disobeying? Not really. Not really. It's difficult to do. All right. So, is obedience part of it? Yes. All right. Kids, kids, sometimes you disobey. On occasion. Every once in a while, you might have a disobedient thought or action. Uh, all right. That dishonors your parents. That if you value them, you're going to listen to them. You're going to obey them. You're going to do the things that they say. But just because you obeyed them doesn't mean that you honored them. All right, so there, there are ways that we can, can obey our parents and not honor them. All right, so uh, some different examples of this. Uh, the paralyzed zombie obedience. All right, so what, what is this? This is, uh, this is when, when kids obey, but they went, went like, clean your room, like, fine. And they like, drag themselves over, and they're like picking things up, and like, uh, uh, all right, all right, all right. That's not honoring your parents, all right? 
We've all done that. I sometimes do that, like washing the dishes. And like, uh. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's not, that's not honoring them. That's not lifting them up. Like, oh, thanks. Thanks, parents. All right, not that. All right, then there's, a, <laughs> then there's the good old talk back. All right, so like, go clean your room. And they're like, when's the last time you cleaned your room? And like, <laughs> is it, okay, yeah, not helpful, not honoring of them. All right, the last one, last one is the, the, the ignorance. The ignorance, okay. Like, what, what's a room? Where is my room? What does what cleaning mean? <laughs> like, how would, I, how would I clean this? All right, not honoring. All right, so if we, what, what are we looking for? What are we looking for here? All right, Paul Tripp has something challenging and helpful. He's a, a counselor. He's the, the chief of parents and marriage and all that stuff. Uh, what does he say? He says that to really obey and honor your parents is first-time obedience, first-time obedience without questioning or grumbling or complaining. All right. If that's the real definition, first-time obedience without questioning, complaining, or grumbling, uh, I have never obeyed my parents. <laughs> All right? Your parents, your kids probably do not obey you. That's a high standard. That's a high standard. And the standard is taken so high that, that God would call for joyful obedience. That our kids are, are, are jumping up and down to obey us. That they're receiving those, those blessings from, from God on high. That like, of course, yes, then I shall have a clean room. Like, thank you, parents. <laughs> All right. That's the goal. That's actually what, what we're looking for here. And then we take it further. All right, so that, that's probably the... For when you're younger, you get more commandments. You get more chances to obey, but then, then it starts to be transformed. That as you get older, then it's a chance to, to cherish them. To actually like, want them to be seen in the car when they drop you off at the movies. Like, you're not embarrassed of them. You care what they think. You, you look for their opinions. You look for their insights. You want their wisdom. You don't run from it. As we grow older, then you, you have a chance to include them or not include them in your life. That you can welcome them in or you can, can run from them. All right, this is convicting to me. I was like, when's the last time I called my mom? Like, whoops. All right. <laughs> like, all right. Is that, is that honoring to her to like not have called her for a month? No. No. And then as, they, as our parents grow older, we care for them and we honor their name and we remember them in the, the height of, of their glory even as they, even as they, they suffer. And we do that with joy and because we want to lift them up and value them. All right, so that, that is the commandment. That is the commandment. The simple commandment. But it goes on, it has this promise associated with it. What happens? What happens if you do that? That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So remember, this is, this is the ancient world that God gave them grace and he gave them the land. He gave them the promises before asking them to do commandments long before. He already saved them. And so this, these commandments, they're not the way to be saved. They're the way to, to stay under the blessing of God. And God very practically says that if you honor your parents, you will stay in this land and you will be blessed. Now, that makes sense because the next generation needs to receive these promises. 
They need to hear about the covenant of God. They need to hear about the salvation of God. And they're only going to hear it through their parents. That if they continue to listen to their parents and hear the salvation that they have found, that they also will be saved. That generation after generation will find the covenant blessings of God. Now we see throughout Israel's history that that didn't always happen. That it wasn't passed on. That the children didn't want it from their parents and their parents didn't give it to them. So, what is this asking of first, first parents? Parents. Alright, we probably have set the bar too low, actually, from what we expect from our kids. That things like sass and talk back and like grumbling and complaining, that those are, those are disciplinary offenses alongside just simple disobedience. And it's not that we think we deserve the, the honor. It's that God has asked that they do that. And it's for their, their good that they honor their parents. And we are, we are right to, to expect that from them and ask it from them and, and discipline them if they don't do that. All right. Kids. Kids. You're called to honor your parents. And when I say that, I mean all of us kids. We are called to honor our parents. to love them, to cherish them, to rejoice in the things that they have to say. Now that creates some difficulty for us. All right, first difficulty. Some of your parents, they're foolish. They're foolish. And they, if you obeyed your parents, you would dishonor yourself, you would dishonor God, and you would dishonor them. And that's where we have to be wise about this, that to honor and to obey are two different things. And if your parent is asking you to obey in a way that would dishonor them, we cannot obey. Instead, we're going to honor them in a way that, that is contrary to what they may want, what they may expect, what they may ask. That if you can either obey your parents or honor your parents, you're going to honor them in the sight of the Lord, even if that means disobeying. All right. I know that some of you are in that situation and it's hard and honor them in spite of themselves. All right. Second, second problem. Second problem. Some of you don't want to honor your parents. That you don't see them as honorable. That you look at your parents and you don't think they deserve the, the value. They don't deserve the honor. They don't deserve to take honor from you. That when you look at yourself like, okay, I, I would bring honor to, to my parents, but they didn't do anything. They don't deserve it. That's where we need to be as gracious with our parents as we are with everyone else as God has been to us. That when we honor our parents, we don't honor them because they are honorable. We honor them because they are our parents. And because we have been called to do that. This commandment isn't largely talking to parents that they, they should be deserving of honor. It's talking to kids saying, honor your parents in spite of your parents. Your parents are sinners. They are fallen. Kids get a, a first, first seat, first row view of all of their sin. And it says to honor them anyway. All right? That means giving them grace. That means looking for the things that are honorable and otherwise dishonorable people and cherishing them in, in spite of their sin. 
All right, third, third problem with this is, for some of you, this commandment doesn't really apply that much anymore. All right, some of your parents are no longer living. Your parents aren't around very much. You don't have an opportunity to, to honor them. All right, that doesn't mean that you just, you just checked one off the list and now you can focus on the rest of them. All right, unfortunately, I, I'm going I'm to take us to the, the broader meaning of the commandment. So simple meaning, the broader meaning. So there's a helpful thing about the book of Deuteronomy, the second, second law. Deuteronomy, you don't care. All right, uh, so, <laughs> Deuteronomy means second, and anomy means, all right, you don't care. So, uh, in Deuteronomy, it, has, it starts with the Ten Commandments. It starts with the Ten Commandments, and then it kind of fleshes out those different Ten Commandments in all these practical ways. And when it fleshes out this commandment, it talks about kings and prophets and priests. These are the authorities the parental figures over all of Israel. And we start to see that this commandment is not just about parents, it's about honoring and submitting to and obeying all of the authorities in our lives. All of the authorities. Now, we have already talked about this. We talked about this about two months ago when we looked at Romans 13. All right, I have to say that for most of you, that Romans 13 sermon went through one ear and out the other. All right, what you heard was, submit to authorities if they are good. Or submit to authorities if you like what they're asking you to do. Or submit to authorities if they have some vague connection with God. All right, that wasn't what we said. We said submit to authorities that are persecuting you, that are evil. Submit and obey authorities that, that are the opposite of everything God would want them to be. All right, it's a dangerous thing if you are sitting there and hearing exactly what you wanted to hear and before and after a sermon just reinforced all the things you thought before. If that's how you're coming to God's word and that's how you're leaving, then Maybe you're not actually hearing anything. All right, we have to be careful. Our hearts are hard. That's why we pray. Spirit, please, please give us the ability to hear. All right, so what am I saying? I'm saying that just like there are bad parents who don't deserve honor, but we give it to them anyway, there are bad authorities that we nonetheless give honor to and obey and submit to because God has asked us to do so. All right, so, who are the authorities that we are called to submit to and to love and to honor? First of all, we have politics. Our politicians. All right, church, this is your Achilles heel. All right, this is not your strength. This is not your strength. Uh, we are called to, to honor the people who are in authority, in office, or the, the heads of our country. Now, I wish, I wish there could be presidents on both sides all the time, Democrat and Republican, because you who are Republicans right now hear that and are like, yeah, let's, let's honor the president. Come on, guys. <laughs> like, what's wrong with everyone? Like, let's, let's obey the Lord's commandment. All right. Uh, but like a few years ago when Obama was in office, 
It was like, why, how could we honor this evil man who's terrible? Like, and Democrats now, you're probably thinking like, we don't want to honor Trump. Like, is he, is he full of honor? Should he deserve it? Like, all right, neither of them deserved it. No one deserves it. No one is good. No one is, is truly honorable in their own, their own merit that we honor by grace. And if you're honoring anyone, you are always honoring someone who is a sinner at heart and who is evil at heart and isn't submitted fully to God at heart. And so what does this look like? You cannot honor someone you are openly insulting. You cannot honor someone whose every single decision you say is, is a stupid move. You can't honor someone that you just naturally hate. That actually we should be hearing the things that our, our rulers are giving us and submitting to it, honoring them. If we cannot honor them, then we, we should shut our mouths. That if we cannot honor them, let's not dishonor them. Fair? All right. This is hard. It's hard. All right. Let's take a second authority. Woo! Woo! All right. <laughs> All right, let's take your bosses. Your bosses. Hooray. All right. All of your bosses are sinners. <gasps> oh. <laughs> They're all terrible bosses. That's what bosses are. They're terrible. Um. <laughs> 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 Newsflash. News all right. Uh, all right, they're going to ask you to do things you don't want to do. They're going to they're going to make you do things that seem unjust. They're going to make you do things that that you should never have to do. This isn't even my job. All right. That sounds remarkably like the teenager who thinks, "Well, I shouldn't have to clean my room. It's my room. It can be whatever it wants." You know, okay? We sound exactly the same. Uh, all right, we are called to honor honor our bosses. Remember, that means first-time obedience without grumbling or complaining or excuses. All right, suddenly we realize how, how graceless we are to our children. Uh, this is hard stuff. And so, if we want to honor our, our bosses, we can't go gossiping about them in the break room. And we can't be, like, questioning their every decision. And and assuming that everything they're doing is stupid. All right, what it looks like to honor them is to assume, okay, maybe I don't have the full picture. Maybe they're doing things that are, that are good for the larger company that I don't understand. Or maybe they're just sinners who have messed up and I need to give grace to. That means talking well of them, shutting down the gossip conversations, seeking to do your work, and like sharing, sharing with them the honor. They were not looking for chances in meetings to, to cut them down or to make fools of them, but we're actually thanking them, lifting them up, encouraging them. All right, that's tough. Finally, finally, this is my favorite, church authorities. Hooray, all right. <laughs> all right, if you hate this sermon, you're allowed to hate this sermon. But when you go home and talk about this sermon, you have to honor me, all right? You don't have a choice. You just have to. Uh, if you disagree with something, you can disagree. But you do so in a way that honors me. The larger church, like, they're going to be doing things 
that are going to change things around here. And we're called to, to honor the leadership, to assume the best, to hope that God is using them in spite of themselves, in spite of the fact that we are sinners. All right, that's what we're called to do. All right, so uh, an example of this, an example of this. Uh, an example of, of someone who, who honored the authority that was over them. All right. David honoring King Saul. David honoring King Saul. Remember, David, David was the rightful heir. He had been anointed by the Lord. He'd been chosen by God to be king. But in the meantime, King Saul was the, was the acting king. He was the Lord's anointed. And David called him the Lord's anointed. He'd been chosen by God. Now, was Saul a good king? No, he was a terrible king. He was a demon-possessed psychopath who like, would go around trying to kill David, to murder him because he just didn't like him very much. And yet David, every single step along the way, he honored him. That when Saul was in murderous rages and wanted to throw spears at David, David was in there playing his lyre for him to, to calm him down a bit. That when Saul was trying to kill David, whenever David had an opportunity to kill Saul, which happened several times, David would, remind, would, would, would show Saul and say, you know, I, I had a chance to kill you. I didn't. Please stop trying to kill me. Right? Like honoring even like the fact that he was trying to murder him. All right, Saul, Saul eventually, he's, he's, he's wounded in battle and he falls on his own sword. He dies. And this soldier comes back and he, the soldier creates this, this lie. And he says, you know what? I, I killed King Saul for you, David. I killed that terrible king so that I, I can now, now you can be king. Aren't you proud? And you know what David said? David said, First of all, that's a lie. And how dare you even, even lie about killing the Lord's anointed? That you would dishonor the king, the one who is chosen by God, and that servant is put to death. Now, if David can honor, that, that's the kind of honor we're looking for. That's we're looking for, like, that, that we love the authorities that are over us. We honor them in spite of themselves with joy, first-time obedience. All right. Final point. Final point. No, is that the final point? It's not. It's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> third. Third. All right. Uh, all right. That, that takes us to the deeper meaning. The deeper meaning here. Why does God care? Why does God care so much about this? All right, we've talked about in the, four, in the four, first four commandments that we're supposed to honor the Lord. We're supposed to glorify his name. We're supposed to lift him up. We're supposed to obey him with joy. This is the test. This is the test. Then instead of just leaving those commandments out there, he gives us really simple, tangible things to do. And he says that, okay, if you're going to honor, if you're going to honor me, how about you honor your parents first? Let's start with obeying them. And honoring them when you don't like it and when you don't understand. Let's start with your bosses when you don't understand them and you don't like the things that they're doing. 
Can you honor them? And we start to see, okay, can I, am I really honoring the Lord? And God says that those authorities have been put into your life as his representatives, that they represent God. And that if he wanted to take them out, he would. He can. We see authorities that God has placed taken out all the time. They get murdered. They get arrows in the heart. They get rocks thrown on their heads. The ones that God doesn't like, he takes out. But for now, if they are the authorities in your life, you are called to honor and submit and obey. And that you don't get to point the finger. There's always the, when the two little kids fight, like, why'd you kick your brother? Like, because he hit me. And it was like, okay, but are you allowed to kick your brother? No. I don't care if they hit you. Like, you can't kick them. All right. Are the authorities in your life always good? No. That doesn't mean you get to dishonor them. That's the difficulty of this commandment. And ultimately, it shows us that that God, he's going to do things we don't like. He's going to do things we don't understand. He's going to ask us to do things that we don't want to do. And he's trained us up and he's given us examples. He's given us small, tangible ways to obey the first time without grumbling or complaining or questioning. Ultimately, so that we would obey him in the same way. All right, that's why he cares. That's why he cares. Fourth point. Fourth point. We made it. We made it. Um, Jesus. What does Jesus have to do with this? I hope you can see through this commandment that you are bad at this commandment. You're real bad at it. We are bad at it. I am really bad at this. That's the whole point. That if we reduce this to like, okay, I like generally didn't hate my parents and didn't like burn down the house, then I'm good. No, we're bad at this. We have not honored our father and our mother. We have not honored the authorities that are over us. We've done a hundred other things and we've prioritized a hundred other things before honoring them. There's only one person who has ever honored his father and mother and that is Jesus, the Son of God. And let's look, let's look at, let's look at Jesus' track record. How did he honor his father and mother? So, uh, so he was in perfect fellowship with his father for eternity past. And then his father told him, you know what? You're going to have to move out of the house for a while. And I'm sending you to the worst neighborhood in all of creation. <laughs> I'm sending you to, to Jerusalem. So you can play with all the meanest kids I can find. The religious leaders and the Romans. And while you're there, you're going to be in the care of two parents. Two mortal, human, fallible parents. The perfect Lord of the universe being parented by Mary and Joseph, who are no better than you and I. And while he's there, he's perfectly obeying them. He's honoring them. Even when they're asking to do stupid things, which I'm sure happened. All right, and while he's there, while he's there, what's his mission? His mission is to not do anything except what the Lord, has, what his father 
his father has asked him to do. He doesn't do anything but what the father has asked him to do. He doesn't say anything except what the father has told him to say. Every second of every day, he is in submission to his father. And he's glorifying his father's name. That he's going out and he's, he's proving that his father is a healer, is a miracle worker, is full of grace, that he, he obeys the heart of the law. He's tempted by Satan. He's tempted by Satan to, to rebel against his father. And if he rebels, he'll be given all the nations, all the nations on the earth, and he refuses. And then his father asks him to die. And he stands in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you see what, what Jesus does when he doesn't want to do something the father asks him to do. And what is he? He simply asks this one question. He says, is there any other way? And the father says no. And he says, all right. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. We've all been faced with those situations. My will or your will. And most of the time we choose my will be done, not your will. But Jesus, he chose, he chose the will of the Father. And so, he submits himself to the authorities. The authorities. So he goes before the religious leaders who are corrupt, who make up fake charges against him, and he tells them that he needs to die. He goes before Pilate this cowardly ruler who's submitting to all of this injustice and he honors Pilate. When he can't honor Pilate, when he can't answer his questions in a way that's honorable, he just shuts his mouth. He cannot say any more. And he's nailed to the cross and what is he doing while he's on the cross? One of his final acts on the cross hanging there is to say to John the disciple, this is your mother. And to say to his mother Mary, this is your, your son, to take care of his mother. To honor his mother on the cross. Alright. That's the kind of obedience that God was looking for. That's the kind of obedience of honoring your father and your mother. We have not done that kind of obedience. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. He was treated like a child of Satan, a child of wrath, a child of sin. He was killed because we have not honored our father and mother. And in, in his place, because of what Jesus has done, we now get to be perfect children. They were now called the children of God. The sons and daughters of princesses and princes of the kingdom of God. And we are now perfect in God's sight. That this perfect record is now given to us. That all those times when you said, my will, not your will, God, now it's been switched. That it's as if you had said, no, your will be done every single time. That you've honored your father. You have obeyed your father. You've obeyed your human parents perfectly as Jesus has. Now, when Jesus, when Jesus rose from the dead, he, got, he, he earned the promises. He earned the promise. Now, remember what that promise was? 
Let me find it. Let me find it. That your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That if you honor your father and your mother, your days will be long in the land. Now Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he was the first to his father's house to dwell in glory forever and ever in the perfect promised land, the new heavens and the new earth. And because Jesus fulfilled the promise, we fulfill the promise in him. That because he earned it for us, we now have this promise. It is our promise forever. You are perfect. You have honored your father and mother and you will dwell forever in the land of your father, the Lord God. All right, what does this mean? What does this mean? All right, you don't have to have any fear before your father. And when I say father, I don't mean this kind of vague, like we're all children of God and we've all been created in this image. Not that kind of father. I mean adopted into his family. You are now sitting at his dinner table. Unlike those who don't know Jesus, that you have been adopted. He's your father personally. And you can now go to your father as perfect children. You don't need to go with shame or with guilt. You can ask him for anything that you need. You are the, you're the perfect children. You're the wonder child of God. All right? The favorite. Because Jesus was and he was that for you. All right. Now what do we do when we don't want to obey this commandment? Because you don't want to. I don't want to. All right, we admit it. We confess. We, Lord, I don't want to do this. I haven't done it. I didn't do it. I didn't honor my father and mother. I didn't honor my authorities. Will you forgive me? Will you help me next time? Holy Spirit, help me next time. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus, that you've done it already. Go and do that. Go and do that because you are the perfect, perfect sons and daughters. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can call you Father and we thank you that we do not come to you as the, the rebel children that we are but as perfect sons and daughters through Jesus. Father, you are, you are too gracious for us and yet anything less, and, and we would be doomed. And so, Father, we confess that we have not kept this commandment. We've not even begun to, to scratch the surface of, of obeying this commandment. And we thank you that you've given us Jesus. We thank you for the salvation that is in him. We thank you that it is by nothing but Jesus by which we are saved, not by ourselves. Father, I ask that you'd help us to to see the obedience that we're called to in light of Christ. That it is a small and momentary affliction compared to the things that Jesus did for us. And Father, that our obedience will never match his. So would you give us grace to, to do the things you ask us to do. We want to honor you, our Father. And bring glory to the name of Jesus. Would you help us? We desperately need you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray.
trembles at his voice. How great, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Yes, how great is our God. Oh, sing with me, how great is our God. Yes. Father, we thank you that you give us your law to show us that we are not right with you. We are sinners. And Father, we thank you then for Jesus. We thank you that you have fulfilled your commandment through him. That we are not good, but he is good for us. That we are sinners, but he is sinless for us. That we are we're not children as we should be, but we are perfect children through him. Father, I pray for, for our kids. I ask that you would give them much grace to obey their parents and give grace to their parents. Father, I ask that you would give the parents. Uh, would you make them honorable and would you make them easy to obey? Father, I pray for our college students as they, they head out. I ask that they would go in the power of Jesus, not with a burden of the law, but with the joy of salvation, that they would love following Jesus that the desire for him would trump every other desire. And Father, we pray that we would bring honor to your name, that you would make us like Jesus. Hear now your, your benediction. May your speech be filled with the strength of the Spirit. May your faith rest in the power of God. May you resolve to know nothing but one message have nothing but one purpose to live to reach all people with nothing but Jesus because by nothing but Jesus will they be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen.